Hello guys, welcome back to another episode of the Undercard Podcast. This is season two, episode two, uh, with myself, Josh Chill and Raki Mislam. How you doing, mate? Something, bro. How are you? Yeah, all good. Yeah. Uh, getting back to it and uh, getting back below of, of getting these out weekly. It's um, it's a nice feeling to be recording and uh, getting involved with the mix-ups that come with our, our weekly routines. But um, ultimately, we're here. We're here recording and we've had another very exciting card to sink our teeth into. Um, with the weekend just gone with Yar Rodriguez against Max Holloway. Uh, up and down the card, it was fantastic, and I enjoyed every minute of it watching it back. Um, at a UK-friendly time as well, which which was brilliant. Um, and, I mean, you had to watch that main event a couple of times, didn't you? If, if you haven't already, this we uh, highly recommend doing so. I thought after seeing the pay-per-view card uh, that we had last last time round um, and seeing that Gaethje versus Chandler fight that that we were pretty much shooed in for what was going to be fight of the year there but um, yeah. Rod, Rodriguez and, and Max Holloway have certainly given some contender to that uh, with their fight um, but we'll get on to that I think I think we'll, uh, we'll build up to that beautiful fight as, as we move through the podcast. Um, See, that's the last, is it? Yeah, that's it, exactly. I'll let you uh, I'll let you lead the way. Is there anything for you uh, deeper down the card then that really stood out? Because there, there were some brilliant finishes, weren't there, throughout the night? Well, I think, I remember, I remember you saying to me, uh, I remember you texting me saying, um, there's, only two, there's only two decisions, I think, and it was only eight, there was eight eight finishes on the card and, only, and two finishes on the whole card. So if that doesn't say what, that doesn't say a lot about the card, then I don't know what does because that's that's unheard of. That's that's very, very unheard of. Um, but just quickly wrapping up a couple of the fights. I, mem- I think I think off air, I think you mentioned Sean Woodson to me off air. Um, he won first round. Uh, I think he was, I want to say he was the second fight or the third fight um, from the main card on the prelims for Colin Angill goes up to 9-1 and one now on his record very very good there was also British firefighting in the lightweight division Mike Dikise man good because it seems like every time Mark fights he just he's just always in for a loss I just feel like I feel like I've seen a lot of Kise results and they just they just seem to be lost here. So I'm a bit a bit disappointed in this. I think this was a I want to say this was yeah I got it. It was an um, armbar. I knocked him down. No guillotine choke. Sorry guillotine knocked him down. Got him in a guillotine. Very very nice finish. Very very nice. Yeah, really nice. <laughs> going up going up to the main cards. Um, bro, I remember we were speaking speaking very very highly of the women's MMA. Um, and just the quality of the women's MMA last last week for last week's card, and there's another prospect coming up, Verizon Felicia Spencer. Well, she's she might be she might be pretty decent in this division in a couple of years time or so. But also big shout out as well to Leah Letton. She is. I'll, let me get this up because I don't want I don't want to get this wrong, but she is a member of the United States National Guard 
whilst also being a UFC fighter. So big up for that. That's a lot of Huge respect. respect for that. Yeah, respect for that. Respect. Um, fight just before that, we had Chaos Williams versus Miguel Beza. Miguel Beza came into this fight as a big favourite. And I think Chaos Williams was like, nah, we're not losing this fight, bro. We ain't losing this fight. And smashed him up, fair play. Uh, and also, we've got a countryman of Yang from last week in Song Yedong. And, bro, he... He put on the fight against Julio Ars. He put on a good fight against Julio Ars. I think he's at one in the rankings now to 14. So mm. someone to potentially keep your eye on come, come later on in the years. And the Rogerio de Lima fight, man. <laughs> Where to start with that? Uh, this fight, man. That, that, that for me, I don't know about you, but that for me was quite a shock. Because Ben Rothwell is an absolute psychopath. That man is terrifying, isn't he? Like you look at him, he is huge. And and well, anyone who's watched him fight and seen him kind of pre-fight, he's he's just off his head. Um, and I and I I'm really not sure that that I gave Lima much of a shot in the fight. Uh, but he just came out, didn't he? And he just looked he looked like he was just on it. Uh, much like Chaos Williams was, in, in in fairness, and they just they just both look well up for the fights, um, and it just shows how important kind of that momentum is carrying through early on in fights, and particularly in the heavyweight division, we know how much of an importance it is to kind of lay down those first couple of punches. Um, I don't know about you, but it's just such a shame that the talking point to come out of that fight really was the stoppage, um, because everything was right with the stoppage everything the way that herb dean kind of stepped in grabbed the hip yeah. of lima to move him away i think anyone in their right mind would agree that 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 fight should have been stopped at that moment but it was the uncertainty of it from herb dean and the way that he kind of steps in takes the hip and almost moves away it was almost his him grabbing the hip of lima almost maneuvered lima to the ground didn't it which which could have caused all kind of trouble really um massive massive disappointment from a from a referee standpoint that that, that 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 was something that stood out on the night and i must admit i was glad it was addressed by dana um after after the fights yeah i think dana kind of went it went in on her dean to be fair but i i think is i think it's a pretty decent stoppage i think I can see where people think it was a bad stoppage, but this this whole like talk around Herb Dean and Herb Dean's sort of refereeing quality, I feel like it's coming a bit too common or a bit too frequent. Like this isn't this isn't the first card recently anyway where you know things being pointed against Herb Dean's refereeing quality. So yeah, that's a, that's a bit worrying because I, I I think Herb Dean's quite a good referee. Um, I think I think he's, I think he's good. So it's a bit, it's a bit concerning. And, and again, I, I agree with you when you say that it is quite sad that the only thing, the, not, not not the only thing, but the major major takeaway that you know people are going to focus on in this fight is is the stoppage. Because bro, De Lima had hands, man. De Lima's got heavy mm. hands. He's got power in them hands, bro. It's sad. It's, it's very sad that it is the herb herb team stoppage that we are all focusing on. But still. 
take no credit away from the Lima. Yeah, and I mean it was it was over before before you knew it, wasn't it? In you know, Bro, first, he was out, he was out thirty seconds, wasn't it? Yeah, he was he was out. You know, he looked out cold. But just, oh, it does frustrate me. It frustrates me that you know the refereeing standard is clearly clearly there with with Herb Dean. There's no there's no denying that. Uh, I just thought he was too close to the fight, and it's almost just like take a step out of there. You don't need to be in there. Um, but obviously he needed to be in there then for the stoppage, and that's what creates the difficulty. But I'll say we won't we won't drone on about it too much because the important thing is obviously that Lima come away with a victory. Looked very impressive with that victory, um, you know, and we'll hopefully move on to fight somebody of of good calibre. Um, you know, he's 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 certainly got got enough to offer the UFC. You know, he's um he's a class act still really, but the I guess the talking point of the event, um, as we fully expected it to be, as we as we hyped this uh, this fight up for such a long time, I I have been buzzing for this fight all all year since it got announced and then cancelled and then re-announced for the end of the year. This fight was everything I wanted it to be. That's the Max Holloway effect, baby. It is so, isn't it? And he is he is everything i love about this sport he is <laughs> he is though and, and i think he you know he has he has everything you know his his, his box fantastic his, his stamina is incredible oh, amazing exactly and it's just like you look at him in any given fight that he is fought in he just you don't look like you'll put him away you know there's just you know there's no quit in the guy and that that for me is a, a great showing for both both himself obviously but also for the sport um and how these guys um condition their bodies and their minds uh to have no quit uh there's not there's not many places funny you, you would find that. there's not many places you would find it, is there it's funny you should mention that because when you take into account the performance that both of these guys put on and Mac, uh, sorry, not Mac. Yaya hasn't been in in Yaya has been in a professional fight for over two years. So mm. in order to have enough mental strength to you know come out of the octagon for two years, and you you know you're not you're not you're not you're not competitively fighting. Yeah, you might be sparring with injury as well. With yeah, injury. Yeah, no. exactly. And have the mental strength to come back. And bro, like he put on well, not just him, both of them. They put on a clinic, bro. That was a class. This was a class fight, and it was a blessed part of the pun to, uh, to 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 to, wit- to witness the fight, really. But yeah, just just uh, just just you were saying, it's just just incredible. It's just incredible. It's just incredible, bro. There was a few times, wasn't there, where <clears throat> I think Max could maybe have got the finish, um, and and you would definitely. I mean, I don't think many would disagree. It was a close fight. But uh, I don't think many would disagree that he, he, you know, he should have come away with a victory. Um, but he could have got the finish in there. But uh, by God, I'm glad in a way that he didn't, because we got we got the 25 minutes. Um, not that it's going to do either guy any favors uh, uh, in their longevity whatsoever. Um, bro, Mac is, but Mac but that was battles, bro. Like, yeah, his longevity, but like meter is taking a beating. Oh yeah, well those you know those two fights against Volkanovski, 
You had an a, absolute, you had a, an you absolute had a credit to that, aren't they? You had a brawl against Ortega as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. God. God, you think that's only over the last couple of years. That is <laughs> crazy, and, and And the, the most mind-boggling thing is, I'm pretty sure he's just recently celebrated his 30th birthday. I follow him on Instagram, and I'm pretty sure um, he put... Uh, it's, it's upcoming, yeah, upcoming, thir- he'll be 30, yeah. So, like, all of this before he's 30, bro. Absolute madness. This, guy, this guy's one of the goats, man. <laughs> he's one of the goats in that in that division. He's what like he's he's up there, bro. He's up there. Well, there's there's no argument, is there? That so, um, you know, that him and him and Volkanovski are rightfully champion and 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 number one contender in this they, division. There's no argument they, to it. They, yeah, those two are just like they're just like there's levels, isn't there? There's levels. They 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 have Premier League. They're, yeah. they're Premier League, but they're like Liverpool, Man City, Premier League. They're like gangsters of the league, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, then, and then everyone else at the bottom, scrambling sometimes here and there, but nah, those two. Nah, but anyway, Max, Max, Max. I think he's just a gangster, bro. I'm, I love I love Max. Every time he fights, he just puts on, puts on a performance every single time he fights. He's had two fights since the Volkanovski, uh, since the Volkanovski 2. So two fights is then Calvin Cutter and this fight now. Both mm. of them both of them torched and broke. Lit lit and lit fights overall. So like this guy's a G. Yeah, and uh you know, going back to that Calvin Cutter fight, that was absolute madness as well, wasn't it? The number of strikes landed, the way he just made he just made him look so um basic in comparison to his skill set. I think one one thing that I think is so important to mention with Max as well is <clears throat> the way he is both in and around fight week. I I follow I follow him on social media as well, and it, if you don't follow him, do because he he is brilliant. He doesn't get involved in all of the kind of um, the rubbish that goes alongside with with the UFC. He he's he's always there or thereabouts, and he and he will kind of chuck in here and there the odd bit won't he but he doesn't get dragged into all the nonsense um and and i always think like he's he's got such a great platform uh you know to show off what what he can do and and what he does do in in the octagon um and he is ultimately just a proud father um you know doing doing his thing for his family and I just love that so much about him. I just see, I just see that's brilliant. Yeah, I remember, I saw a video of um, Holloway's like family in in the arena watching a fight, and it was Rush on the end, and he was like proper going for it, clapping his hands, like screaming, yeah. and, and but that's gangster. Man. That's he gangster, loves it, like. doesn't he? He absolutely loves yeah. it. So. He's, he's, always, he's always at the fights. He's always at the fights. Like I think some people might be like, oh my god, what the hell? But me personally, I think that's gangster. Like. He's like putting on, putting on his fight of the year contenders, and his sons there like are in cheering him on. I, that's, I think that's gangster. <laughs> yeah, and, but, I, and I, I think as well like looking at this fight overall uh, on an even playing field, I don't think you can say that either guy uh, has done himself a disservice in any way, shape, or form. Obviously, we said a massive part of Yar Rodriguez is. 
um, game is is his kicking. Um, that was still evident. Um, and I guess his his obscurity, the way the way he handles himself in there to adapt yeah. to irregular situations. You saw those times where he was put to, he was put to the floor and Max got the knockdown. Uh, those up kicks looked absolutely lethal, and you could see Max standing off them. Um, and that just shows the caliber of fighter we're talking about here because he's aware of those situations and what Yar can do in those situations. Um, I, I thought there was some, there was some, uh, there was some elite attacking uh, within the fight, both with Max's boxing um, and the kickboxing oh, of Yar. Exchanges and combos. Absolutely, the com- yeah. the combos were were so nice. But well, there was also two two very good strikers, isn't it? Really, so. Exactly, and that, but there was also so much, um, I guess, sensibility from both fighters to to almost stand off each other and, and give respect to each other's ranges. Um, you'd notice, like Yar, for instance, obviously wants to be at range. Max is trying to get in and out Crushing, nice and yeah. quick. Um, and and I, I took a lot from watching that the second time round because obviously the first time I was watching it live and it was all hype, but second time round more kind of focused on what each guy was doing um yeah just incredible fight and and i'll say it now i i actually think that was better than the gaethje fight i really do and that's a that's a massive shout by the way but like and and the reason i think it is because it was over 25 minutes there's always more hype around a pay-per-view card so you're always naturally going to think that fight is better. So somewhere in your head, it's almost like an uncontrollable bias. Um, but that that 25 minutes was non-stop, and I just think the caliber of fight was just. I don't I don't want to say higher because there's no way that you can say Gaethje and Chandler aren't as good, um, you know, as these two guys. But I just I just think just watching the fight back again. I could just see more technical skill there within the fight. I think Gaethje and Chandler, they both got in there and they both looked like they wanted to put a show on for the fans and they were leaving their guard down too much, Uh, more so on Chandler's side, obviously, uh, particularly in the third round. Uh, Whereas Max and Yar, there was more uh, of a technical standpoint as to when and how they went about their attacks. Um, yeah, I guess yeah, that yeah. that might come down to personal preference. Um, I wouldn't be disappointed if either fight <laughs> uh, got got fight of the year, but that's just yeah my personal opinion there. Yeah, the, the thing as well is that I mentioned obviously that the, this was two strikers. There's a, there's there's quite quite a lot of good quality grappling going on as well. Obviously, um, they both landed a takedown on each other. Um, but one thing I will say is Max's dur- so we 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 touched on obviously Max's longevity going forward um, in the future, but bro his durability insane. Because mm. the counter argument for earlier on about him being in some of these brawls, bro, his durability is insane. And his card I mentioned his cardio earlier. His cardio his cardio is quality, but I, I do wanna I do wanna sing some of Yari's praises because. To come back, to come back to a fight from two years out, or to come back to a fight, sorry, for having two years out, obviously I have an injury as well, and to come back to a fight, fighting Max, who's in amazing form right now, and fight the way he did, I was class fighting. I think, I think, I think the next fight for him, Fedor Ortega. 
I agree. It's li- it's literally lo- looking at looking at where both guys are at now. Um, it just makes so much sense for that fight to to take place. Um, you know, Ortega against Volkanovski um, was was a good fight as well, and Ortega gave a good account for himself there. I just think that that's a perfect match. Yeah, I think I think I think that literally that literally makes them so much sense, hundred one percent more sense. And, and think, we all know Max is fighting Volkanovski, so you know 100%. it's it's like a it's like a perfect marriage of uh, winner versus winner, loser versus loser, isn't it? It's just couldn't go couldn't go better together if you ask me. Yeah, I think that's 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 the that's the money play right there, hundred one percent. But I'll text Dana now, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> tell him to um, tell him to answer my phone calls as well. He owes me money. Here's your money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I remember um, watching, watching. Obviously, you you touched on it earlier about the quality of the combos and the quality of the exchanges going on. But bro, Yai's striking's chef's kiss. Mm. Very, very fluid. It's very nice. And bro, him versus Ortega. Let's go. Let's go. And I. I think as well on that on that note, you have to I guess question that had he have not been out for that long period of time and was consistently training throughout that period, where would he be? Would, in the rankings? Where would he be? Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. would he have stepped in there looking slightly different against Max, or would he have had another fight before fighting Max, which could have built up uh, future confidence? He might have fought a five round fight before Max, um, and I mean. Like we say, his, his cardio didn't seem to be an issue, but that would have helped massively. Um, so you just don't know, do you? And I, and I think this is a guy that that could certainly challenge um, either Max or Volkanovski further down the line as well. You know, he's like we said, he's definitely not done the discredit. And if somebody said to you tomorrow, "Oh, we're going to watch, um, we're going to have Max versus Yar again," I don't think anyone would say no to that proposition after after watching that first fight. I think um, I think just just to say really that 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 card was brilliant. Uh, there was no there was no disappointment for me throughout watching it. Um, we've had this so many times, haven't we, where there's been a fight night card after a pay per view, and it's almost like oh, we're going back to a fight night card. And I kind of like it personally. It's a bit, it comes back to a bit more normality. Yeah. Um, brings you back down to earth a bit and allows you to rebuild back up to that pay-per-view hype. Uh, but they smash it every time, man. And it, and again, I'll say this quite regularly. It's just credit to the UFC and the matchmaking and how, and how they piece together these fights within the rankings. Uh, they just leave no stone unturned when it comes to matching fighters up and making sure that we get the best quality on our screens week in, week out. Um, I, I thought it was brilliant. I'm sure I'm sure you agree. Um, and it just makes me excited for the next one every time. Every single time now. Is I think I think it's taught us one thing is just never judge a card by what by who's fighting. Mm. Because these cards we've had so many fight of the year contenders in twenty twenty one and they just don't seem to be slowing down or stopping. So keep the train rolling, keep it going guys, keep it going, Dana. Because I'm all there for her. I think that's quite 
quite a good point actually with the with the fight of the year contenders. And I wonder how much of that is actually down to the fact that maybe fighters are fighting less this year uh, because of COVID and and the year before, I guess. Uh, Max said it quite clearly, didn't he? That you know he he likes to fight as he says three times in a year, um, and he's and he's only fought twice. Uh, now, you know. You have, you have to think how much of that goes into their mindset when they get in the fights that they that they want to put on a show and be remembered for those fights even more so. Um, but we'll talk about Max to the cows at the moment, and I guess it's prudent to talk about what comes as a result of, of this fight. Uh, and he's kind of been in the news, hasn't he, this week, moving moving through the week really with with the fact that he spoke so much about his boxing and, and it's always kind of discussed how great his boxing is um and obviously there was this there was all sorts of things put up all over social media about his boxing in comparison to the likes of conor mcgregor what what did you make of all of that because it was uh some pretty rogue shouts going around weren't there yeah i think that i think both of those guys have a very very good they have a very good claim to to, to that to land number one spot in and both those guys being obviously Max and Connor. So solely on boxing here, isn't it? Yeah, and I think depending on who you ask, it's gonna be personal preference or which fight they prefer. So I'm I'd probably put my life savings on it that you're gonna say Mac uh, you're gonna say Connor. I think on um on the basis I think he's got heavier hands, I would say Connor. Um, in terms of like knockout power but I actually think based on boxing ability uh, Max's ability to get in and out of range is is probably much better and his stamina his stamina is so so good Uh, durability yeah Yeah, it's incredible that comes into boxing a heck of a lot so if you're looking at all aspects um, Max is more like a you've got to weigh it all up don't you it's um, certainly an interesting argument I think that it, I think it ultimately leads down to to personal preference because some people might say someone someone completely different. So yeah, I think. But for me guess, personally, I would say Max. I would say Max. Yeah, and I guess it's fair to say then on that point that there was also talk, wasn't there, about Masvidal this week? Um, on aerial show, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, enlighten us. What what happened there? So here, uh, he threw some jabs at Connor, threw some jabs at Leon. Um, so he said about Leon, if Leon wants to wait until February or March, I can deta- decapitate him on site for the world to see. I'll see him eventually. We will. That's some him. sentence that. So that would be that would be a very very that would be a fucking quality fight because both of those guys severely dislike each other. And when when is bad blood outside of the octagon and it's been brewing? Because then these two then these two have like a little scuffle behind like backstage or one of the one of the cards last year. Yeah, supposedly so. Yeah. Um. So you know this this like when is bad blood behind the scenes and it comes to the octagon, anything goes in the octagon really with it obviously within the rules. So like and. Holy Masvidal was a bad, bad MF, bro. He's a BMF champion, don't forget. So, yeah, I think 
Imagine, imagine you just done like the flying Leon, Leon, and just completely derails Leon's career. Oh, mate, he, <laughs> just oh Leon's luck as well, isn't it? It's just yeah, because the UFC are not fans of Leon anyway. Like, it's clear as day they're not, they're not, they're not, they're not, they're not trying to, they're trying to push him as minimum as they can. Um, but back to Hoggy Masvidal and Ariel also took some shots at Connor. Said so, said that Connor is a and I quote, bitter old man just screaming at the TV all day. I think Connor does spend a lot of time socialising on social media and I think that he's in that right. He doesn't need to fight, doesn't need the peace anymore. If he does fight, it's because he wants to fight, not because he needs to fight for the peace. If I was in his position, bro, I'm chilling on my Lamborghini yacht or whatever Lamborghini product he's bought this time. But... That would be a very good fight between these two, but I think that Hoggy would just kill him. Yeah, it's <clears throat> it's a fight that probably doesn't need to take place, isn't it? In, nah, in no. the grand scheme of things, and you know, like you say, it's, it's a huge money fight. Don't get me wrong, but um, I, I don't think Connor would. I don't think Connor would come back for this fight. I think he's I think he's got other fights. Yeah. That, well, that, then you know, there's there's other draws for him where I think probably look easier on the face of it. Um, and I know no fighter really would look for a cop out, but um, you know I think at the point he's at his, uh, his career and, and and where he's been, any fight he takes now, like you say, is because he wants to step back in there and 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 I guess have a bit of enjoyment out of the fight and have another big paycheck so and make the UFC some money in the process. But um, the, the the back and forward on social media is. Uh, mind-boggling sometimes because there is so much of it isn't there now like you think back we're in a digital age even, aren't we well even even when we started watching the ufc or well when we we're at uni watching it together say god it was not even half as much as what goes on now when you look at it and nah. the way the way fighters are interacting with each other um it's good to see and it, i guess it opens our eyes up to the real world of it a bit more but um yeah, Connor seems to be at the centre of most of it at the moment, and uh, I'd I'd sooner see him in in the octagon, but uh, I know some people I know some people would rather not bother. <laughs> he's always he's always in and amongst this somehow. Either he said something else about him, or it's someone linked with him. He's 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 always in the mix, just just there. He's always just there. He knows he knows how to get involved when there's a fight card on. That's the thing, and it's very sensible how he does it. Um, you know, whether that's coming from his management team or him directly, I, I have the feeling it's just him. When you read some of the tweets and think, God, what is he even saying? Um, but he get he gets himself in and amongst it for sure. But I think, I mean, I guess on the note of Connor, it's probably quite prudent that we just go to the other end of the spectrum here um, and talk about a guy that has only just today been announced with the UFC. Um, and that is Mohamed Mukaviv. Now, this lad is, and I don't want to hype anything too much, but I follow obviously the different regional um outfits that are offered through MMA 
and the, and this lad has, has offered some fantastic proposition for the UK, um, but also having a background from Dagestan. He's 21 years of age. Um, he's got a 5-0 and professional record in, in MMA and has come through Brave, um, who we know are quite a respectable organisation, um, who have a good standard of fighters, obviously not to the level of the UFC. But to, to snap this guy up at the age of 21 shows you one thing about the intentions of, of Dana and the UFC with him, and that is that they see him go into the very top. Because it's not often, is it, that the UFC signs somebody up this young? I mean, he'll be the youngest guy on the roster, so. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty nutty that at uh, 21 years of age, and you know, you've already got five or six pro fights under your belt. Granted, he's granted, he's. I think, I think, I think you mentioned it to me off air. Did, did he represent Team GB in Jiu Jitsu? Yeah, so he was <laughs> represent Team GB uh, for years, to be fair. Um, but his his amateur career, uh, I believe, his overall career, if he includes amateur career, so I should say, he's he's, he's thirty and zero, uh, so he is unbeaten, um, fully. And I, and I mean, you've only really got to look at what he's worked with so obviously coming through as, as you say with team gb you're going to be working around some of the best guys some of the best coaches um but also the team that he's now linked himself with for uh i guess for his move through brave uh with his mixed martial arts he works with khk who are the same team who represent uh islam makachev yeah you know so that is the highest level uh, you are going to find really, and uh, I, I just, I just think, for a guy of his age, um, you know, he's obviously, he's obviously not British, uh, but he has come through as a refugee at the age of 12, and he's kind of onboarded with, uh, with, with British MMA, and and kind of come through there with, within our schooling system as well, I guess, uh, up up north, and he's now coming into the ufc at a young age with such a future ahead of him uh he's going to be one to watch out for and we got a few of them don't we to be fair we, we only spoke about ian gary last week um we've got we've got some great some great brits out there um shining through in the ufc now yeah this next like this next crop this next crop of stars that are coming through the you know, it's 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 it's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. It's going to be. Everyone, everyone's kind of worried or like wondering, oh, so what's going to happen when you know John and Connor and Nate when these all when all these big name draws, these big guys they all retire. What's happening now? But now this this next this these next class that are coming through, it's going to be hella fun. It's going to be good, but. I do want to mention something that did catch my eye in the news as well. Uh, in back in the welterweight division, did you see that Kevin Lee's been suspended? Yeah, I have, man. Yeah, six months uh, failed drugs test. It's um, <laughs> it's really it's really disappointing, isn't it? Because he looked he looked like he he could offer something, but. I can't even say I'm surprised. It's um, 
it's it's um it's just not a good look for him now, is it? And I mean, he's not exactly doing great business, I guess, for the UFC at the moment. I think he's like in his last uh, five fights, is it? He's won one, lost four. Um, not looking good. He's one, yeah, he's one and four. Yeah, granted, and granted, two of those losses, two of those losses have been good level guys. You know, he's lost, he's lost to the current champion now, Charles Oliveira. And he's also lost to RDA, uh, who also was a champion previously. So he's lost yeah. to he's lost to some decent guys. But yeah, to touch on what you were saying, the one in four records, he's, it's not looking good for him. And it, and admittedly, he has always fought some of the better guys in the division, as you say there. Um, you know, Daniel Rodriguez is is up and coming. He lost he lost to him last time out, and 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 he's a very talented guy. Um, he lost to Ally Quinta as well, who again. Ally Quinta um, fought for the title. Fought for the title, you know. He's, he's no, he's no mess around, and he's fought back as well against Tony Ferguson and lost to him. So, you know, these these are some of the best guys in the division, um, and he and he's put himself in, um, I guess, put his career at risk doing so. So, big sh- big shame for him. Six months on the sidelines. Uh, I guess he's got a lot of work to do to come back and. I guess hope by that point that the UFC and and the division haven't moved on too far without him. Yeah, I just, um, I just I'll just quickly just quickly um, give a bit of context for those listening that don't really understand. But basically, Kevin Lee he fought in August. Daniel Rodriguez his drug test from that fight post fight, and he got tested for amphetamines. The amphetamine is. I want to say Adderall, which he uses to take ADHD. But there's a rule where if you applied for a therapeutic use extension, then you would have been able to use the said substance, which is Adderall. Fine, but he didn't apply for the exemption. So now that he's been caught with it, if he had the exemption, now he'd be fine. But because he didn't apply for the exemption... Uh, it's, it's on the ban list for him, so six month deadline, uh, six months uh, suspended, unlucky bull. And and again, it's it's an example of, I guess, the sport being stripped, but being stripped for the right reasons. Uh, it just means people can't exploit any potential gaps. Um, they've always tried to be very by the book with these things, haven't they? And I guess it means that nobody can go in there with an advantage uh, even if he wouldn't necessarily have an advantage with this substance um, it's important to have these things in place I guess looking at where he's at then uh, in his career um, and a guy that he was supposed to fight uh, in Sean Brady a fight that dropped off a couple of times um, now Sean Brady's fighting in the co-main event, isn't he, in this upcoming weekend against Michael Chiesa now. And funnily enough, Michael Chiesa is a bloke that uh, Kevin Lee fought and beat back a few years ago. Um, how how do you see, I guess, these guys, and I guess Kevin Lee in comparison to these guys, moving forward? Because I guess that's, a, that's where he should be looking at, where he should be in his career and where these guys are now meeting and probably going to overtake him in terms of their careers. 
for me, I've always seen Kevin Lee as kind of that guy who's just always been on the periphery. He's never yeah, I quite, agree. Excuse me. He's never quite been the guy to. I feel like he's always failed. He's always failed when you're given that chance to prove, not not necessarily prove who he is, but make a name for himself when in when in when he needs to. So I, so no, I feel like that the welterweight division is a very, very, very good division as it is anyway. Um, and I'm just looking, I'm just looking at the rankings now. So Chiesa, we've got Chiesa in six. Um, I, don't, I don't really see, I don't, to be honest, I don't really see Kevin Lee beating any of these guys from Chiesa above. It's um, it's a stacked division, isn't it? And obviously, we were only talking about this division last week, uh, where we were talking about Hamzat, of course, who's who's now climbed to number ten in the division. Um, on on a quick note with Hamzat as well, you know, there's propositions being talked about of, of him fighting the likes of Gilbert Burns or Vincente Luque. M- mad talk in my eyes. Um, he need he needs a fight. Uh, within somebody within the top 10. But it's very important to note that that fighter could be Michael Chiesa if he isn't to pick up a win this weekend. Um, so this fight, I think, will be of interest, um, potentially, uh, to Hamzat, but also guys in and around that area. Um, so the likes of Bilal Mohammed, um, but you've also got um, Neil Magnes up there, isn't he? And you've obviously got to exclude uh, Jorge now. For me, and I, I think um, I checked, checked the betting odds for this fight, and I think Sean Brady is is quite a big favourite for it. Um, he's unbeaten. Uh, he's an exceptional talent. Uh, we've seen, we've not seen a lot out of him. In fairness, obviously we've seen him, we've seen him winning fights. He's 14 and 0 now. Um, but we've not seen mad amounts of volume, I guess would probably be the correct way to put it. But um, he's, he's he's got a lot to give. Uh, he's climbed the division quite well, but he hasn't really uh, fought anyone of, of top level calibre. And I guess that's represented in his in his rank now uh, in, in 14th in the division. Do you have a idea of how you see this one going or are you pretty on the fence with it well if you look at the rankings and you just pure if if you, if you were if you're looking to put an Akron for this card you would just purely look at the rankings you'd lump you'd lump a lot of money on Michael Chiesa yeah Chiesa's sixth in the rankings Sean Brady's 14th in the rankings so there's a lot there's a lot more to lose for Chiesa than there is for Brady, and I think Chiesa said in an in a in a presser recently um, that you know we welcome the you welcome the match with open arms. He just wants to prove that he's still that guy. Unquote. Um, so there's a lot riding on it more so for Chiesa than there is for Brady. But either way, you could flip that and say there's a lot riding on Brady because if he if he steps up here and Get some sort of finish. Gets get you know gets a three round gets a three round brawl with him and, and and win and wins wins and wins convincingly. Then you know 
his his rank his ranking jump's gonna be pretty pretty decent. So and again that's that's gonna cause eyebrows to turn within the rankings as he mentioned with Hamzat, um, Neil Magny, Masvidal, and then you've got obviously um, Wonderboy just out just on the just outside just on the five sorry. So it's a very very stacked division. Me personally, I think that I'm on the I'm on the fence right now. I'm on the fence right now. I think it can go either way. Kay's a very very good grappler. Sean Brady very good striker. So I think that is on I'm on the fence at the moment. Um. And I'll probably make my decision on fight week. For the, yeah. uh, the, the weigh-ins, I mean, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I think um, it's, a, I guess, important to say with Chiesa as well, isn't it? That he's, he's always, again, fought the top blokes. Um, you know, he fought RDA, he fought Neil Magne last time out against Vincente Luque, he lost. So he's always been up there fighting the best guys, really. Chiesa, before he fought Luke, there was talks that he would get a fight against Kamar Usman. Um, so, you know, this this is a massive fight. Um, I'm astounded, I think it would be fair to say that this is not the main event, but there has to be something in that. One of them has obviously asked uh, for it not to be a five-round fight because... Why else would this not be main event? Like the importance, I guess, it has on this division, really, in terms of how much of a jump up the yeah. division Brady can get. Um, but obviously, when we're talking about Usman and and the relevance of Chiesa to Usman, Brady and Chiesa, neither, neither of those guys have fought Usman. Usman is looking for guys who have not had a fight against him I guess he, you know he's he's kind of recircling we said that I said that last time out so I can't I can't stress enough how much of an importance there is on somebody making a statement in this fight um like Hamzat did last time out you know because you could just be one fight away um or two fights away from getting a title shot against against Kamara Usman so a lot on the line a lot on the line in the co-main event and and I guess a lot on the line in the in the main event too. Um, yeah. A fight that I have a particular interest in, and and I'm sure you do as well. We spoke a lot when Misha Tate made her return to the UFC after what was it a five year outing, four and a half five years. Very long hiatus. And and it's another exciting fight for for her. Um, and for her opponent as well. What what do you make of this one? I think that I think Misha Tate's gonna win this fight. Just straight to it. Yeah, straight to it. I think Misha Tate's gonna win this fight. Um, I don't really see either of these. I don't really see this fight or the winner of this fight sort of making anything groundbreaking in terms of where it puts. You know, we're, we're, not where it puts so uh, in terms of title shots and things like that. I don't think I don't think the winner in this fight is going to get like they, they're going to be a contender for a title shot. No. But I think that it's a good fight for either fighter. Obviously, Misha Tate's an OG. We've got Captain Vieira, who's a good good Brazilian fighter, good background with the jiu-jitsu. So I think that me personally, I think Misha Tate's going to have a bit too much experience, or well, not necessarily too much experience, but I think she's going to have more experience than Ketlin. 
obviously this I think this is only Ketlin's 14th professional fight Misha Tate Misha Tate Tate's already had more wins than she has fights so I think the I think the experience is just going to shine through a bit too much and it's going to get Misha Tate the dub I think personally I think it's going to be a decision I think it's a five rounder decision fight Um, but again I just don't think don't think it's going to do too much for the rankings and where it places either of them in terms of a title shot, and again that leads that leads to what you mentioned previously about Kiesa Brady not being not being the main event, but reasons we don't know, so we can only speculate. Yeah, and I, I think as well you said about um, you know Misha Tate having that pool of fights, I guess um, that that might get her over the line in this one uh, particularly if it goes to a decision because she might be able to grind out those that extra round potentially um, yeah. you just know that, and, just that, that it's just that um i guess just that experience like, yeah it is just that experience that you just get from from being in those fights yeah and it's, it's it's having that it's having that knowledge of being in there isn't it and and i guess fighting over five rounds is 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 key to that as well i think for uh ketlin Vieira, obviously last time out she lost to yana kunitskaya who sits in sixth who's just above her in the rankings um so for her it's kind of difficult for her to climb from here uh misha tate probably has more of a chance to build up an upwards trajectory uh, on the fact that she's not faced any of these women really and if she has done it, it was years ago yeah. um, I I look forward to the fight I think it'll be a good fight um, I'm excited again to see Misha take back in there's there's always something that she brings to fight week um, that, that that is always exciting isn't it and and like you say with uh Catelyn Vieira as well she's she's a fantastic grappler um and, sh- and she'll bring a lot to it as well um I would like more information as to why you know the the fights aren't flipped on on the card and and, and whatnot but I can't I can't see that information coming out to be honest with you yeah, just hope, I hope one of the journalists asked Dana afterwards and we and we get a bit more info there but I'll um I'll, I'll wrap up then the episode um, just with a couple of fights that we'll always keep an eye out for on the basis that we've got Brits on the card. So I'll start with the women's uh, divisions and, and we've got Jojo Calderwood fighting. Um, and I guess, I guess what do you make of this? How do, how do you see her in this fight? So she's currently fifth in the rankings in the fly, flyweight division. So one one down. She's currently fifth in the rankings. Uh, I think she went at one in the recent ranking refresh, uh, refresh ratings, whatever you want to call them. But I think I'd, I'm not. I'm not really sure. I haven't have. I must admit, I haven't really seen much of uh, much of the lady that she's fighting. Talia Santos, 18 and one record. Joanne Caldwell, 15 and six record. So I think I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm not gonna. If if I if I had to put money on it right now, I would probably say Talia Santos, mm-hmm. only just because of the reach advantage. But and I guess the age. Joanne Calder's now 35 in into a 36th year, so 
I would I would say Tali Santos as, as much as it kills me to say because don't don't ever really want to go against the Brit. But she has Jojo has been putting on some good fights recently. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> I think I'd side with you on the on the call there as well. I think Talia has um a, a, she's got a good record in the UFC. All of her wins have come by unanimous decision. Um, that includes a contender series win as well in there. She beat Molly McCann, I believe, Meatball Molly. So that's a that's a stance. Maybe she'll maybe she'll wipe out another Brit this weekend in in JoJo. Um, but Joanne Joanne Calderwood is a fantastic fighter, very experienced, very experienced in this division. Um, and as you said, she she's put on some really good fights, and she is tough, man. She is tough. Uh, she'll be hard to get out of there. So, based off of the information from Talia Santos's previous fights and the fact we know how tough um, Joanne Calderwood is, uh, the sensible call would probably be a Talia Santos unanimous decision. Yeah, um, but could, but could could be a real fight that one. And I guess then that just leaves us with uh, the other Brit, um, which comes in the men's bantamweight division. Uh, so that's David Grant, who will be fighting against Adrian Yanez. So uh, what do you make of this one? I think that David Grant's getting beaten. I think, I, I think he's getting beaten. Yeah, it's... Uh, that's, that's all right. That's all it's, right. It's, quite, it's, quite, it's quite a simple one, isn't it? And I think if... <laughs> Not sim- not simple in that respect. That's not that's not what I mean. But um, we obviously we obviously saw David Grant lose to Cheeto Vera when he last fought. But I think when you actually when you flip it round his head and, and look at Yanez uh, and what he's achieved since he's come into the UFC. Well, his last three fights have all won performance of the night. Yeah, and he and he's, he's fought he's, he's, he's fought and, four times, hasn't he? If you yeah, include the contender series, and they're yeah, all, they're all finishers. Undefeated, undefeated in the UFC, including the contender series fight. If you do, if you don't include the contender series fight, still undefeated. Like I said, all all four of his fights been finishes. The last time this guy lost was in November 2018, and that was a split decision, which was for uh, I want to say LFA, uh, LFA bantamweight championship. Mm. So like this guy, this guy's not, this guy's not no push around, bro. So I think. I see this fight as kind of pushing out, pushing out of Davy Grant, just feeding him his fights left in his contract, giving him Yanez, Yanez, expecting Yanez to plow through him, and just onwards and upwards for Yanez, and maybe a couple of fights more for Davy Grant. I don't know what his contract is, but a couple of fights more for Davy Grant, both maybe losses and cut from the UFC, but. Yeah, I think I think Giannis is I think Giannis is winning this fight comfortably. Me. Yeah, I, I agree. And bantamweight's another stacked division, isn't it? and uh, and and for Giannis, I guess if he can get a finish against against David Grant, a guy who's been in and around the UFC for for a little while now, um, you know, he's he's certainly going to be climbing towards the rankings as well. And it's it's very important to get your name spoken about in these divisions that are so stacked. Um, you know, you've seen seen the hype around certain characters, and I'll, I'll refer back to Chamayev again there, and his climb up um, and his progression has, has been massive. And really, when you look at it 
it's not been that many fights, but it's the way he's presented himself in those fights and the way he's got on the microphone um, and presented himself uh, to the media after those fights. So uh, could be a really good opportunity for Yanez to do something similar. Um, be interesting to see for sure. Um, but I'm very excited. I'm really looking forward to the card. We've got some great fights up and down. Uh, really looking forward to the co-main and main event, especially there. They, they should be really, really good fights. And uh, we'll show our respect to the Brits, even though we've not backed either of them on this card. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I guess that leaves us to say uh, thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, thanks for sticking with us uh, as we've kind of relifted off for season two. And uh, we'll be back next week for another episode of the Undercard Podcast. Nice one, guys. Thank you. Take care. Peace and love.